0: I would like to take this opportunity to welcome for the first time here Mr. and Mrs. Angelo and Emma Buono. Why don't you stand up and wave? I know I'm putting you on the spot. You can either forgive me or you can beat me up later. Either one, I don't care. It's not their first time here, but it's their first time here as Mr. and Mrs. and uh, that's awesome. Um, does read very well. All right, all right. We just, had a, we, we just had a talk about, you know, last two weeks they've been in Florida, and um, it's, it's been, um, you know, what's Florida got that Indiana doesn't have? You know, some palm trees and some water and, you know, beach and sharks. Yeah, sharks, you know. So really I'm glad you made it back from your honeymoon safe uh, and didn't get eaten by sharks. So good good. Good to have you back, and like I said, if you can uh either forgive me or beat me up for pointing you out and embarrassing you. But okay. But I figure I I I figure you uh don't mind being embarrassed anyway, since you've been known to wear a Michigan jacket in here before. But anyway, enough of that, enough of that. I said I wasn't gonna go there. Pray for me. <laughs> We better pray. Father, we ask as we look into your word that uh, uh, you would, uh, Lord, we open our hearts and we open our ears and we ask that you would uh, just come and uh, uh, speak to us. We want to hear what you're saying and receive it into our hearts. Touch us, speak to us, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we're wrapping up our series that we've been in for the last five weeks called Something More. And we've been talking about going after this full life that Jesus said that he has for us and that he wants for us, uh, uh, that he spoke about when he says, you know, I, I've come that you might have life and have it in all its fullness or have it in, an, in abundance. So we've been talking about going after that. It, it involves really an, uh, a, an, a creating an environment that's conducive to our spiritual growth. We began talking about the fact that it starts with a, with a spiritual thirst and hunger. This, when we start to become thirsty for more of God's presence, it's like, God, I think there's, there's, there's got to be more than what I'm experiencing right now. There's got to be more than what's going on in my life right now. And, 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 and going after that, you know, after God, and staying thirsty for Him and for more of His presence, and going after Him with everything that's in us. We also talked about recognizing the influences that surround us every day as we, we are. We, we have things that influence us and we don't even realize it every day. Uh, influences for, you know, one way or another. And We talked about recognizing those things. We talked about taking control of the things that we say, that what we say is important. Uh, and we want to take control of those things and, and, and uh, pay attention to that. Last week, we looked at what's probably the most challenging aspect of the whole process to master, and that is taking control of our thoughts. So one thing to take control of what we say, that's hard enough, but taking control of our thoughts, um, that's difficult because that's a never-ending 24-7 process, and our natural non-spiritual tendency is toward a negative bias. You know, it's a challenge to take control of our, uh, of our thought life, and we talked about that last week. Today's our final message in the series, and we're going to talk about something that might not be the easiest thing to master, but it's also not the most difficult. But the best part of all, it's probably the thing that by far is the most powerful and most productive in our lives. In fact, today's message is what this something more lifestyle that we've been talking about it's what it all comes down to talking about our actions that we take the things that we do day by day by day day in and day out you know I often talk about seeing the big picture and you know about what life is all about and when all is said and done you know what's your life going to add up to and I'm I'm talking about one day being able to hear the words that we all want to hear and, um, and that is in Matthew 25, 23, where Jesus says, well done, my good and faithful servant. We all want to hear those words from him. And the master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount. Now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. That's the big picture um, of the story of our lives. But we need to remember that the story is scripted by a series of days, one day at a time. If we want to create a something more kind of life, then we need to make changes to our everyday life. When we see someone who has is, who is gone from you know, unhealthy to, and, and out of shape to being very healthy and in great shape, how did that happen? Did they just wake up one day and say, oh, wow, I'm healthy and I'm strong and I'm fit? no. It's not by luck. It's not by a snap of the fingers. It's because they spent a series of days, one after the other, making healthy decisions, taking healthy actions, eating different food, going to the gym. It comes down to the actions that we take. Now, mastering our thought life is important. We talked about that. There's no question. Taking control of our tongue and speaking faith in every situation instead of fear and things like that, that's, that's important. There's no question. Finger, filling our minds with life-giving and spirit-filled thoughts every day is important. There's no question about that. But wanting a life of something more and talking about it and thinking about it and reading about it, that's not enough alone. They're all necessary parts of the equation, but they're not enough by themselves. Today's principle is essential to consistently living the fullness of life that Jesus makes available to us. We have to follow through on all of the above. That's why James said in James 1.22, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. We can talk all we want. But until our talk is actually translated into doing, nothing happens. So today I want to talk about putting this principle of action into action. I want to talk about some steps that we can take day in and day out to ensure that every day is a follow-through day and that one day builds upon the previous, which built upon the previous I'm going to give you three ideas I want to encourage you to begin to implement. First of all, define for yourself an ever-increasing minimum and follow it every day. Think about what is my ever-increasing minimum. I, I think of it like this. Think of the minimum daily requirements like when it comes to nutrition. You're supposed to get so much vitamin C and so much vitamin B and so much protein and this many carbs and on and on and on. And if you meet those minimum daily requirements, you're most likely not going to experience malnutrition. You may not be the healthiest with the minimum, but at least you're not going to be malnourished. What if we created a minimum daily requirement list in every other area of our life? Especially the key areas. What if we examined and then determined in each area of, each area of our life, you know, every day I'm going to do at least this much. Sometimes I can do more, but certainly at least this much, nevertheless. Talking about looking at each key area of our life and defining a minimum daily requirement for each one. Specifically, talking about the minimum, not the ideal, not like in the best of, th- uh, uh, of worlds and perfect world. But just in the real world right now, where we live right now, what's the minimum to require of ourselves? You can't run a marathon every day. But what if you were to say, every day I'm going to walk or run for 10 minutes. I'm not going to accept any less for myself. Every day I'm going to walk or I'm going to run for just 10 minutes. Now, Ten minutes isn't going to get you uh, to the Boston Marathon. But it's not, for most of us, it's not a bad minimum. How many of us actually do that ten minutes? I mean, like, concerted walking, not just from the couch to the fridge and back and adding up your time. How many times you do that? Um, (laughs) You can't read the Bible every day for five hours every morning. But if you're struggling with consistency in your devotional life, what if you were to say, I'm going to make time in my day every day to spend 15 minutes or 10 minutes in my favorite chair with my Bible, with a cup of coffee and the Lord, 10 minutes every day. The best thing I ever did for my devotional life was when I quit worrying about how much I was reading. I would try to... I, I struggled with consistency in, in my Bible reading for years. And I would have this plan that I was reading. And I would go through this plan. You know, I've probably read through the Bible once a year for 25 years now. Um, and I would, I would have this plan and I would check off the readings that but then I would get behind, I would miss a couple of days, and it's like, oh my God, you know, and the guilt that comes in and the shame, I'm a pastor and I missed it, you know, it's like, all that comes in. So, you know, it's like, so then I would sit down and okay, I'm gonna catch up, and I would binge read and catch up, and then I'd be on a roll and I would binge read and, and get ahead, because then when I get ahead, then if I miss a day or two, then it's not so bad because I'm ahead, right? Best thing I ever did when I said, I'm going to read as a minimum every day what's in this plan for that day. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to read ahead and see how many days I can get ahead. I'm not going to let myself get behind. I'm going to read what's in my plan for that day. That's a minimum. And then then anything else I wanted to read, if I wanted to read more, because, you know, you want to read more than that, I'll read elsewhere. But as far as the plan I'm going through... When it says to end on 1 Chronicles 19, then I'm going to end on 1 Chronicles 19. And I'm not going to read 1 Chronicles 20. I'll read somewhere else if I want to. What that did for me was develop a daily consistency. And I got in that pattern. And now I can tell you I have victory in that area because every morning at 6 o'clock, I'm up and I'm starting to. To read that, and I and my my devotional it's it's grown my prayer time has grown I have other things I do, but that is a daily minimum consistency, combined with faithfulness, are two key things for bringing change in any area of our lives, and you know it's that 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 was the best thing I ever did, is is learn to be consistent. And then day after day after day developing a faithfulness in that. Matthew twenty five, Jesus told a parable out of a man who gave three servants money to manage while he was away on a journey. Two of the servants invested the money, doubled their their return, but one of the servants had a kind of a well, what's the use attitude? And, you know, I'll probably just lose it all anyway. So he just went and and dug a hole in the ground and buried the money and had no extra profit to give his master when he returned. And uh, the man said, it's in Matthew 25, verses 25 to 27, says, I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. The master said to a servant, in effect, you could have at least put the money in the bank and drawn interest, but there's no excuse for doing nothing at all. Now, there's so many lessons in this teaching, in this parable, um, uh, but, but one of those many lessons is is that of taking a small step of obedience or a small step of faith is better than none at all. A small step of obedience or a small step of faith is better than none at all. Also in this parable, Jesus said to the two men who multiplied their master's money, the two men that doubled it, he says, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. This is what I've learned. When we establish a pattern of just meeting a minimum everyday requirement, and you know, sometimes when we're struggling in an area, that minimum requirement that we, you know, have that we establish for ourselves, it might seem embarrassingly low. It might seem like, man, that's nothing. It should be so much. Don't worry about what it should be. Develop something. When you you develop a consistent day-to-day behavior of meeting the minimum, God will take that step of obedience. He will take that step of faithfulness, and he will help you to begin to establish it and begin to build on it. And if we want to go for something more, then it begins with defining that, that, that minimum daily requirement of, of what we want our life to be. In our prayer life, in our marriage, in our work, in our health, and on and on and on. You say, I will do at least this much in every area, and as I'm faithful in little, God will give me increase. Second step is a good habit to get into also, because sometimes... We have all these great ideas one day, but then the next day we wake up and we're just not feeling it. So here's a second step. Act first and let your feelings catch up with you. Act first and let your feelings catch up with you. You know, when you're pumped about something, you're really excited about something, you're on it. You know, it's, it's really, to be, really easy to be consistent, isn't it? It's like you're feeling it, man. You're on it. And it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hit that treadmill. I'm gonna hit that gym. I'm getting up and I'm reading, you know, my Bible, and or I'm doing, you know, this, I'm sticking to this. That. When you're pumped about something and, and, and you're up for it, it's easy to be consistent. In fact, it's almost effortless because you want to do what you ought to do. But I found something in my life and that is that every time we make a commitment to something the day comes when it gets tested sometimes sooner sometimes later but every time we make a commitment it gets tested there comes a time when you wake up and today you just don't feel like doing it no matter how good it is for you no no matter how much you're convinced that it will benefit you you just don't feel like doing it. Yeah, I've been eating great for, you know, trying to, you know, stay on my diet, I've been eating great, but boy, that, you know, triple cheese bacon burger sounds so good. Or even better yet, that triple bacon cheeseburger just sounds so good. And it's just one thing, right? Some of you are really too quiet. Am I the only one? Yeah, okay. (laughs) There will be times when even 10 minutes in the Bible will feel like more than you have the energy to do. When you feel like you don't even have the emotional energy for even the most basic of prayers. There will be times when your feelings just don't cooperate. You can't positive think your way out of it. You can't positive talk your way out of it. You just don't feel like doing it, period. So what do you do? You take those first few, even feeble steps of obedience anyway. In spite of what you're doing, and, or in, in feeling, in spite of what you feel, you do it anyway. I don't know how many times I've had people tell me that they almost didn't come to church one day. And they came up at the end of the service and they're saying, I'm so glad that I came because something in the message or some point in the worship God touched them something happened and and it's like that's what they needed and then they go out and it's like yeah I've I've I you know I'm I'm good for the day and they're so glad I've even had people tell me you know they really they were so tired they'd worked late at night and that and and uh, They they you know they weren't going to come, but they decided last minute. Okay, I'm going to make it. They come in, and as soon as they walk through the doors, it's like, man, I'm so glad that I'm here. It's that step of obedience when you don't feel it. I've heard people say, well, I don't want to be fake i don't want to be a phony i don't want to go to worship if i'm not feeling it i don't want to pray and pretend to see god when i'm not feeling it and i get that i i i really do i've i've been there um but i'm not talking about going through your whole life faking it pretending to be something that you're not we value authenticity we value being real here What I'm talking about is pushing past our feelings and doing what we know is going to bring us the most benefit in the long term. Obeying, pushing past our feelings and taking that step of obedience. That's what Jesus did. He modeled for us when he went to the cross. Because in his flesh, he did not want to go to the cross. He didn't. I mean, that's why he prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. In other words, he was praying like this, Father, I'm not feeling this, not for one minute, but I'll do it anyway, because I know this is what you sent me here to do. He wasn't feeling it, but he pushed through the feelings because of his commitment to the Father's will. And because he looked beyond the cross, the Bible says, scorning its shame, and he looked to the glory that lay behind, be, lay beyond it, he pushed through his feelings. His feelings in the flesh, he pushed through and did what he knew was the Father's will. When your feelings aren't cooperating, you don't put your purpose for life on hold and say, let's see if I feel better tomorrow. When your feelings aren't cooperating, you go ahead and take those first few feeble steps of obedience anyway. And you'll find that if you push through an obedience, that eventually the feelings will catch up with you. Millard Fuller, the uh, founder of Habitat for Humanity, once said, It's easier to act your way into a new way of thinking than to think your way into a new way of acting. And I think the same goes for our feelings. If you let your actions follow your feelings, you will never stop floundering and you will never feel better. But when you act first and let your feelings follow, there's going to be a point where you'll begin, to, you'll begin making progress and, and your feelings will begin to catch up to what your actions are. Think of the most debilitating feeling of all, fear. You ever been gripped with fear? I mean, really gripped with fear? It's debilitating. You can't can't afford to wait for the feelings of fear to go away before you start to act because most likely, if you don't start to act, they will never go away. Ever. That's why the Bible puts such emphasis not on what we feel but on what we actually do james said james 226 just as the body is dead without breath so also faith is dead without good works when our faith is floundering and our feelings are, are 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 getting in our way the best thing we can do is to take those first steps of obedience even if that voice inside says you're just going through the motions you're just faking it. Yeah, even if you you hear that voice cuz it's going to be there. You take those first steps of obedience and eventually your emotions, your feelings will run to catch up with you. Here's a third thing to do. <clears throat> do something today that isn't about today. Do something today that isn't about today. Our grandson JD is a reader. I mean, he is a big reader. He will read anything he can get his hands on. He reads signs going down the street. You know, like, what's that? You know, he, anything can get his hands on. So for his birthday this year, we bought him a book. 5,000 Awesome Facts About Everything, published by uh, National Geographic Kids. It has all kinds of, uh, 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 I, I love flipping through it. it, has all kinds of real cool, you know, random facts about animals, about plants, and, you know, you name it. You know, history, all kinds of random facts about anything. It's the kind of book you can just pick up, open at random, and learn all kinds of cool stuff. Now, a few years back, Susie and Josh got me my favorite novel for Christmas, To Kill a Mockingbird. It's always been my favorite novel. And the paperback I had years ago fell apart. I don't know where all the pages went, but they weren't in the covers And so they got me a a nice hardback copy of To Kill a Mockingbird, as did John and Riley a few years after that. I guess they didn't know that Susie had gotten me that. Anyway, it's a different kind of book. To Kill a Mockingbird is a novel. You can't just pick it up and start reading at random. It's a novel. It's a story. And it's a story that you need to read from beginning to end if you want to follow what's going on. And that's because the details that you read on this page often foreshadow or, or will foreshadow what lies ahead in the chapters to come. And, and you know, so you've got to read the, the beginning to get to, to to make sense of the end. Our lives are not just a collection of random facts. Your life is a story. It's going somewhere. And every page of your life needs to move in the direction that you want the story to go. For this reason, we need to make sure that every day we're preparing ourselves for the direction that we want our lives to take. We don't just think about today. We think about what's going on next week, next month the next chapter of our lives. We think about what lies ahead. That's why the book of Proverbs says the ant is extremely wise. In Proverbs 30:25. ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Now, why are they doing that? They're preparing for the winter that lies ahead. The Bible tells us that every person on the planet is preparing a harvest for themselves. Galatians 6 says, don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You'll always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we'll reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. So let's not just go by our feelings because there's a harvest coming if we push through our feelings and act in obedience. The Bible teaches that the days and weeks and months and years, we're going to reap a harvest of what we sow today. For this reason, every day needs to have an element of looking ahead of planning ahead. Every day we need to ask ourselves, what kind of harvest am I preparing for myself? We can't make the most out of today if we only live for today. If every day you do something to prepare yourself for what lies ahead, then your days will continually move in an upward direction. I'm saying, think about your marriage. What can you do today in preparation for better communicating with one another? What about special moments you can spend together? Think about your financial situation. What can you do today that might minimize financial stress in the days to come? Think about your health. What can you do today that will ensure you feel that you're going to feel good and be healthy 20 years from now? Maybe that triple bacon cheeseburger isn't such a good choice today. It might be great today, but you know, maybe take 20 years to take that off. Think about your relationship. Why am I always thinking about triple bacon cheeseburgers? I don't know. Think about your relationship with God. What can you do today that might prepare you for how He can use you in the months and years to come? I want to encourage you to to to, to, to ask yourself every day: what can I do today that isn't specifically and exclusively about Today, what kind of harvest am i praying preparing for myself think ahead make a plan go for the follow-through keep at it things are going to come that are going to try to knock you off your game yes and they may be sometimes successful at it but the thing is god is big enough and those things won't knock him off his game so keep at it and know that no matter what things look like, God is working. I love what Paul said in Romans 8:28. He says, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those who love God, whatever is going on, no matter what it is, God is Not necessarily doing it or causing it, but he's working in it. He's working in it, and he's working for your good. Trust that. And go for the life that Jesus wants you to have. See, this is not the same as as God causes all things to happen. It's not no matter what happens, God's, you know, uh, uh, God's going to... Make everything happen, you know, be his. It's, it's, it's not like that God is causing all of it. It's, it's he's working in the midst of it. Stuff is still going on, stuff that he didn't cause, stuff that he doesn't like, stuff that breaks his heart. But in the midst of it, God's saying, don't worry, I've got you in the midst of this. I just have the strangest picture in my mind. Why is it always about food? But picture a big mixer. You're making cookies. Anybody make Christmas cookies? Okay, and, and you, or cake. You got this big, big mixer there, and you put all the ingredients in, and the thing starts turning around. The blades start mixing and everything. It's like, and then you stick a stick of butter in it. Okay, and this may go absolutely nowhere, may fall flat, but you stick a stick of butter in it. And that stick of butter moves toward those blades and all of a sudden gets chopped up, churned up, and everything else. It's like we're that stick of butter. And we're in the batter of life. And those blades or those, you know, things are turning. And God's saying, don't worry about it. I'm, I, I'm keeping you back here by the side of the bowl. Just, just a, a, a quick survey. Is that illustration ever worth repeating again, yes or no? Some of you, yes. Some of you are shaking, Dave, you've totally lost it. All right. That was not in my notes. It's a picture I got in my mind, so God help us all. Yeah, God help us all. All right. Here's the thing. Go for the life Jesus has for you. Go for it with everything that you've got. When Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full, that means you. That's not everybody else. It's you. It's a person that's filling your seat. It's a person that's filling your shoes right where you sit. It's you. It's not just everybody. God hasn't left you out. So go for it. Go for it with everything because he's talking about you, and that's what he wants for you. I'd like the worship team to come up. If you want the fullness of life that Jesus has for you, take that step and give your life to Him. Take that step and just say, here I am, God. I'm going to pray. I want us all to bow our heads. If I'm just going to pray, and if you agree with this prayer, if this is what you want, then just agree in your heart and say yes lord that's what i want jesus died on the third or, or died on the cross and he rose from the dead on the third day and he did it so you could have life he did it so i could have life so that every one of us could have life he tasted death for us he experienced death for us and when he rose from the grave he broke the power of death and the bible says if we believe in that and trust in that that we will be saved So if that's what you want, then just agree with what I'm about to pray. Lord, I want the fullness of life that you offer, and I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the grave to give me that life. Forgive me for my sin, for all the wrong that I've done. There's a lot of it. But Lord, your forgiveness is amazing. And you're more ready to forgive than I am even to ask for it. So Lord, with that in mind, I ask you to forgive me. I want to give you my life. I want you to take charge. I want you to take control. I surrender it to you. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit. Teach me to know you more. Teach me to walk with you. Help me to be faithful to you day by day by day. Help me to grow in you and lead me into the fullness of life that you came that I might have. In Jesus' name, amen.